Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. He's got great hair, he used to be called Hank Cheech. It's Luke Bly, Master Blywalker. How are you, sir? Oi, oi, Savaloy. I was not expecting the Hank Cheech drop, yeah, mate, man. Boy. Yeah, in the darkest parts of the galaxy, there is a dodgy geezer with a reputation <laughs> who used to play a lot of Star Wars Battlefront and uh, dabbles in other video games now. But uh, his name is Hank Cheech. Uh, Hank mate, Cheech. Ha- Hank Cheech, Annihilator. <laughs> Padawan, Padawan Stater. Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> Youngling murderer. Hank Cheech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Coming to a God. temple near you. Twi'lek Hunter. Um, mate, <laughs> how, <laughs> how yeah. on earth are you, big boy? You good? Yeah, man, I was so looking forward to this. Mate, it's Monday. What else would I look forward to on a Monday? Mondays are the most Monday day of all days. However, no, what you're else ruining would I look the forward ma- to? You're, you're, you're ruining oh, the yeah. magic, mate, um, boy. Hey. What, yeah, this day, I'm so excited for <laughs> No, mate. Uh, I've had a, I've, I've had a good weekend. I saw that my Padawan for the first time in four weeks because of wow. COVID, and that was an absolute joy to behold. Uh, and then Sunday had a really nice, quiet, chilled out, um, chilled out afternoon. Got some uh, life admin done and watched some films. And now I'm sitting here with a bottle of green banana fruit juice, which is unbelievably good. So, oh uh, man, I don't think you're going to be able to top that. But how are you? You, you absolute filth bag. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not jealous of that <laughs> at all. At all. No, man, it's been a good mm. week. It's been a good week. Saw some family, hung out with friends, did some nice. dog sitting, which was great. Um, personal note, I started some new medicine last week, like uh, that's um, yes. intravenously injected oh, into me. Oh. But I was a brave boy. I was like Luke Skywalker. He's a big boy. In the Bechter. Oh, well, I'm like Bacta. Boba in the back there. Do you know what I mean? And uh, no, but Matty Boy, that went well. So I was pleased with that. I started, it's called Infliximab, and it's really good for people with Crohn's disease, which oh, I, I have. I had to Google that. Mate, it's good stuff, man. It's, well, I don't know if it's good stuff. Making it sound like it's a bowl of soup or something. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? Like, like what you said, Matty Boy, I'm just. It's it's that time of the week where I get to sit down and I get to geek out about Star Wars, and that's so fun. So be you know we have the pleasure of sitting down and just geeking out. Like it doesn't get much better. It doesn't get much better. And this week we have a crazy episode lined up. I can't wait to get stuck into it. I know you can't, Matty boy. So Mm -hmm. man, it's it's going to be off the hook. You could even say it's going to be so good. Yeah, that is right. I don't, that is right. I was just, I was just thinking. Uh, we don't even say off the hook often, but we went off with the it. chart. We'll go off with the, it. Is off there a the scale? Yeah, we, we're going to go for it. 
is there a Star Wars um, equivalent the, we can we can do? Like, well, I'm pretty sure those the, the ships in the Mandalorian that um, Bo-Katan saved Din on. I'm sure that's got an, uh, got a hook or an anchor, so it kind of ties in. I don't know. Off the what we, hook, yeah, off, <laughs> mate. It's going to be wizard. It's going to be wizard. Oh, it's going to be yes. off the banter. It's going to be off the oh, droidica. It's, it's going to be like a bentha. It's going to be great. Well, like wait, the news is this show is <laughs> going to be like a bentha. It's going to be Bodhi Rook. It's going to be wizard. So before we get into anything, I am going to be interrupted because I can hear the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi in the background, which you and I, we know, mate, only means one thing. It must mean, mate, boy, it is. It is the Galactic News Round. <laughs> Strangers star Rosalind Holstead and Trial and Retribution star David Heyman have both been cast in Andor. Quantic Dreams High Republic set Star Wars Eclipse is set to release in 2027 or 2028 due to difficulties hiring staff for the next-gen project. New Star Wars Celebration 2022 tickets will be going on sale on Tuesday, the 15th of March at 9am Pacific Time, US. And Alan Ladd Jr., the legendary producer and studio executive who greenlit Star Wars, has sadly passed away at the age of 84. Hi, this is Simon J. Williamson, Max Rebo from Return of the Jedi, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Get away from there! Is that a lightsaber? Indeed. Yes, but not like any that you would know. If your Mandalorian friend was here... (laughs) She could explain it to you. It is the Dark Saber, a symbol for the leader of House Vizsla, and later the group known as Death Watch. I didn't know Mandalorians developed a type of lightsaber. We didn't. This was one of a kind. Legend tells that it was created over a thousand years ago by Tar Vizsla, the first Mandalorian ever inducted into the Jedi Order. After his passing, the Jedi kept the saber in their temple. That was until members of House Vizsla snuck in and liberated it. They used the saber to unify the people and strike down those who would oppose them. One time, they ruled all of Mandalore wielding this blade. This saber is an important symbol to that house and respected by the other clans. You heard it. This week, we are unsheathing the Mandalorian blade known as... The Dark Saber. We are talking all things Dark Saber tonight. The history, the legacy, and the lore of that Dark Blade itself. Uh, very excited to talk about this. Have a little deep dive into something which I don't know about you, mate, but about brr, a year or two ago, if you'd said, "Should we do an episode on the Dark Saber?" I think are you mad? What are we gonna talk about the mm-hmm. Dark Saber for? I mean, it's cool, but come on. But the Dark Saber's been brought into. Uh, prominence now on the live action streaming series uh, yep. of course I, it made its debut before that we'll get into all that but mate the dark saber itself it's it's got history and it's going to have more history to come won't it 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is going to play a vital role into the Star Wars mythology going forward. Um, and plus, Matty Boy looks cool. Yeah, so, that's what matters. We, it sounds cool. It sounds great. This is you can you can imagine just George Lucas. You know, um, give him I don't know, like uh, opposite a lightsaber, something dark. You know, maybe it could be black. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Reverse the sound. <laughs> reverse it. I can imagine that because big Flip it. big boy George was flip it and reverse it, Dave. <laughs> flip it and reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> light saber dark saber powerful light powerful dark there you go George oh. we see you boy we see you George yeah. well, big boy George Clever. had a hand in it Filoni come up with it but George Lucas was very much behind the creation of the dark saber as well and um, yeah we're, we're recording this in early 2022 as those listening will know or as the podcast tag will tell you so obviously if you're listening to this in 2029 we we don't know what's happening in the future firstly hi secondly we don't know what's happened since (laughs) this date so we're obviously going to be covering pretty much up until the end of the book of boba fett in terms of what we know about the dark saber and you know maybe maybe a few predictions of where it will end up or what how it's going to play into the story going forward mate but um yeah i'm looking looking forward I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to oh, like those predictions and seeing what comes true, what comes true, but also seeing your thoughts on where it's going to go. And I know, uh, I know, we asked that, so I'm looking we, forward to hearing did. some people's opinions, right? And I consciously didn't give my opinion, not that I would anyone, my own post or our, our own post, sorry, but I didn't, you know, give any kind of sway either way to which way I think because I'm, I was still coming up with my own ideas. And I, uh, I assume, I know what Lukey Boy's like, he probably, he probably stayed awake all last night thinking, oh, where's that dark segment we're going to end up? And his wife's saying, <laughs> yeah. go to sleep. He's like, no, yeah. no, Clan Vizsla yeah. needs it back or something. But, um, that's it. Well, speaking I was of- laying in, I was laying in bed, you know, on my phone and my missus goes, Lukey, are you, are you all right? Are you okay? Are you safe? And I'm like, <laughs> I just go, <sighs> thinking about the dark saber, and I. She's like, what? Thinking about the dark saber, aren't I? So leave me alone. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's been on the sofa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mate. Well, oh. the dark saber itself, legend has said it was created by the only ever Mandalorian to be inducted into the Jedi Order, Tar Vizsla. Uh, well over a thousand years before the events of the kind of OTST timeline, uh, made out of the finest old Beskar possible. So it's an old blade. It was uh, so it was made by Tarvisla. He wielded it, and it commanded so much respect that anyone who subsequently held it or won it in combat would be seen as Mandalore. You know, the leader of Mandalore and the other houses would bow down. So this sword, you know you know with great sword comes great responsibility <laughs> when it comes to this so it's a very old saber so i mean yeah. the jedi order are old we know that they're they're og but this mandalorian saber mate's been around since well, certainly the beginning of a fairly established canon at least we don't know what happens much before a thousand years ago no no and it the, the 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 history behind this is amazing and the history behind mm-hmm. the culture is so so fascinating and it holds a lot of kind of real world parallels to certain artifacts and relics that we have uh, especially amongst like you know i think of royal family uh particularly in our country matty boy you know there's tons of that and it's great to see this so the weapon was kept 
in a Je- in the Jedi Temple after yes. um, Tarvisla passed away. Um, yep. But it was actually stolen back by the House of Vizsla, which is mad. So it goes to show that originally this dark saber wasn't really created in mind for what it became you know it wasn't created for this thing to weld and whoever welded it they're the leader of mandalore excalibur yeah that came later and there we go there's that there's the excalibur like references throughout throughout the dark saber's history right it has a lot of uh, ties to kind of british mythology and yeah which is super interesting and it's cool that we get to do that i suppose mate boy yeah, last time we i know checked that, we, we were know, british so you know we like, are, i certainly well, i think we are anyway but we certainly sound it and we talk about greg's enough which is the staple british yeah. pastry store <laughs> that's, um <laughs> yeah, that's as british as you can get that's, but, that's yeah, what man. they ask when people are applying to become citizens in uh, the uk they're like yeah. can you recite yeah, the greg's, yeah, greg's before mate yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah sausage yeah. roll. What, what is uh, this week? What is the most famous offer? Sale. Yeah. How mate, many sausage rolls can you get for a pound? You know what I really like is the Greg's breakfast stuff. Oh, man. Get those I sausage. for a while. I think. Sausage in a, in a, in a bun. So not a I sausage. I think last time we had one. Oh, not a sausage yeah. roll. Yeah, yeah. A bap. And there we go. There is a difference. There is a difference. The last time I had one was when we went to uh, Corriton uh, for Randall. That's the last time I had oh, a Greg sausage yeah. bap. We, we got yeah. up early, went went to Greg's and got a brekkie on the way. Yeah, we did. I went to we went to Greg's in Pitsu in, uh, in Pitsu. South Basildon, and then drove to yeah. flipping Corringham to try and look at. <laughs> and we also chatted to uh, someone who was. Well, I'm not. I can't give that away. But yes, yeah, someone who no. uh, gave us a wee bit of information. The, the fun days, man. Fun a, a days. Wee bit. I mean, mate. I, I, again, I, I wouldn't mind going back there one day just to reminisce. Well, this is what the dark saber does, people. It gets you fired up on <laughs> Greg's and pastries and the, get you nostalgic for early morning breakfasts and whatnot. Oh, I know. I don't know how we managed to digress. You know what the sessions are like, mate. We always digress. But the, the dark saber. Yeah, you're right. It was in the Jedi Temple and House Vizsla. They stole it back, and you know that 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 was all that was known about the dark side was this is mythical weapon which commanded respect, and it wasn't. And what's interesting is that, like you said, this Tarvisla that that we know of, we don't know much about its origins too much, but he, it wasn't built to be you know wielded by the most powerful member of uh, the Mandalorian. No, uh, tribe race. I mean, obviously, with it, the fact that the Mandalorian, the only Mandalorian Jedi wielded it obviously affords it that status and gravitas but you know it became it became a a symbol of power because it was one mm. in combat and this yeah. is this is what i find to be the most interesting thing is it wasn't just oh here you go you know i'm going to pass away now it's yours you had to want it you had to win it mate yeah. in combat and it's just like with a lot of civilizations and cultures and nations it's a, it's a tradition it's become mm-hmm. a tradition, you know. It's not something that it was it, the, the that reflects its original purpose, right? It's become yeah. that, and that means there's a story there. And I think that I mean we're talking a lot about like the pre Clone Wars era of the Dark Saber. We do, we don't know a great deal, so 
man, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when they actually do dive into that. And I, I, it's going to come because we're getting so much yeah. Dark Saber content and it does have this kind of regal, uh, connection to, to Mandalore, to the Mandalorian royal family and to Mandalorian history that, dude, there's like a, th- literally a thousand years to play around, a thousand years of history to play around with. So it may, they'll make a book, I reckon. Or a comic series. Uh, they'll, they'll, uh, instead, the next huge crossover event, forget the High Republic, Darksaber. It's going <laughs> to yeah, just yeah. be that, mate. <laughs> the journey of the Darksaber. What we do know is that the Darksaber's changed hands a few times into the hands of some who may be seen to be unworthy. Uh, but like we said, like we said earlier on, it, you don't just get given the Darksaber, mate. You have to win it uh, by combat. And you have to win it by challenging your opponent. Challenge you, one warrior to another, and only the strongest shall rule Mandalore. So be it. Give him his weapon. Maybe the Darksaber belongs in someone else's hands. Maybe. It was forged by my ancestor, founder of House Vizsla. And now it belongs to me. Because you won it in combat. That's right. And now I will win it from you. Do you agree to this duel, Din Djarin? I do. Like you said, only the strongest shall rule. I claim this sword, and my rightful place as leader of Death Watch. More, you animal. So, mate... The dark saber was what, so it, it was a challenge. Became a like you say a ritual. We couldn't we couldn't just have it in order to rule Mandalore, rule the people, and to unite the tribes and have um, dominance and legion over them. You had to win it by combat, which, like you were kind of alluding to earlier on, that's a mm. very almost med- medieval way of looking at things. Yeah, it is. It is, and once again, the 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 echoes of the like King Arthur. Um, Excalibur it, it it's so it's so obvious it's so it, it's painted in that mythology isn't it and it's fascinating because again if we, if we think about our own world you know Britain in the 21st century has a royal family yeah. it has people who are born into this I mean, in, it's beyond exclusive, isn't it? It's its own definition. Yeah. It, is, it is just a royal birth. And, um, man, it, it's when, when you really think about it, it is unusual, isn't it? It is an unusual tradition, but yes. it holds weight because of the history. And that's exactly what the, the Darksaber is. It is a, a cultural piece of history where the, the, the person that holds it, they can claim the throne to Mandalore, which is a big deal. It's, it's a big, big deal. It's they a command- planet, mate. 
yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say it, guys. <laughs> no, no, it's like, it, guys, it, 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 this person wins a sword. They get a planet. They just get a cuddly toy. It's mad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, they don't just get England, you know. Better than that, it's, it's Mandalore. Although Mandalore doesn't always look great, admittedly. You're the not city a fan, are you? Nah, not really. Not on, not in Clone Wars. It it just doesn't look that Star Warsy. It looks really weird. Um, but they the kind Empire of like go back on it to glass. They go back on it a little bit by um, like even later on in Clone Wars, like the style is a lot more toned down. It looks a mm-hmm. bit more, you know. Ralph McQuarrie, a bit more Star Warsy, quote unquote, whatever Star Warsy is. But we all know what it is when we look at it, and when we see it, we feel it, we know what Star Wars is. It has one of my favorite words, maybe, but it has a vernacular. But no, Ooh. anyway, the 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 the, the challenges. It it's great. It's it's great, and it's it is like an old school fairy tale type of storytelling. It works. It suits Star Wars. I quite like it as well. The idea that. It could because it is very archaic and it is it is very uh, macho isn't the word but that's the vibe I get from it. It's like hey, you wanna you wanna rule, you wanna you wanna you wanna rule over these lands. You gotta beat me for this sword. We gotta have a jewel, you know. Yeah. I think that's I think you know there's something about that is uh, which you know, I think in, well, in this sense is pretty is pretty cool. When when you think about it, Manny boy, it's a bit like, and I think this is really you know when we get down to it. It's about family. And when I think of family, I think of Fast and Furious. And when, when I think of Fast and Furious, <laughs> I think of racing for pink slips. And when you race for pink slips, you know, whoever wins, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. <laughs> winning's winning. <laughs> Second is the first. Uh, <laughs> and so, so we've got Greg's <laughs> Fast and Furious. We, 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 well, hey, we, we're dropping them tonight. Where did that come from? Well, in Greece, they win, they race for pinks, don't they? At the end, they do, yes, they do. They race for pink slips. And good film. If we think about it, it all goes back to the dark same. It does, you know. Danny in Greece was very much a bit like Pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. arrogant. He thought he could take on the world with his with his um, hot rod or whatever the car was, his T bird. Nah, man, he ended up getting his yeah. head lopped, drink pulled over his head as well by Kaniki or yeah. whatever it was in that film. But um, yeah, Can you know, I like the idea of trial by combat kind of thing. You know, if you want to, if you want, you have to earn your right to to lead. I mean we see later down the line we'll get to that that can have complications also or if that if the rule or the creed is not followed then there can be problems but another thing we've learned in between the the, the mandalore the dark saber story being forged and when we've kind of now know it is that when you when you wield the dark saber it isn't just like picking up a sword and having a little swing there's there's more to it than that there's more behind it uh, and as we found out mate there, there's a weight to the dark saber Ignite the blade. It's heavier than I thought. Energy constantly flows through the crystal. You're not fighting with a simple blade as much as you are directing a current of power. Your thoughts, your actions, they become energy. They flow through the crystal as well and become a part of the blade. There's pull. Can you feel it? That sword is old, heavy, but powerful. 
Respect its strength. There. Feel it. You are too weak to fight the Darksaber. It will win if you fight against it. You cannot control it with your strength. I want to try again. Persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. Your body is strong, but your mind is distracted. I am focused. The blade says otherwise. You're not fighting me. You're fighting yourself. And losing. <laughs> You're not committed to this. You should quit. I don't quit. I never quit. The blade feels lighter. You're connecting with it. It's becoming a part of you. But you cannot rely solely on the blade. You must use all your skills together. Ready position. So what do you think, mate, to that, that, you know, firstly, you you have to actually win this uh, blade in combat. So you have to generally have a battle to the death. But then even when you manage to win it, even then it's like, nah, nah, you've still, you've, you've still got to earn this thing because as, as, as we're hearing and as we've seen in Mando, Rebels and whatnot, you know, just, just being able to wield the saber isn't a God-given right. You have to channel some kind of energy. It's not the force, but you almost have to become one with the blade and kind of work in synergy and harmony with it in order to, you know, in, in order to be able to wield it. Otherwise, you've got no hope, as we've seen. I think it adds to kind of like the magic of this law, you know, because it's it's a hard one uh, because I, th- I think on one hand it's really interesting and it shows just how special and unique the dark saber is compared to a lightsaber um, mm. because people like General Grievous who aren't even fully you know human you know or alien whatever that is he's a cheeky hybrid isn't he you know he's a he's a cocktail of uh, yeah (laughs) another one i don't know what that's a buffet of bits watto again Uh, what is general canover there we go that's my greatest impression it's just a cough but like Grievous can, he can use the lightsabers, you know, fine. That's fine. And he, he's not like using any particular energy. Really. Well, maybe he is. I don't know. But there wasn't that kind of, um, law to a lightsaber. Anyone could pick it up and use it, right? Finn could pick it up and use it. But then again, you know, it turns out he's force sensitive, but I'm still of the opinion that it seems like anyone can just pick up a lightsaber and, and, and turn it on and use it. But being trained to use it properly, that's a different thing. With the dark course, saber, yeah. there's this added magic to it, you know, um, which I think is cool because it only expands on the Star Wars mythos. But it is funny how that differs so much from a lightsaber and th- this this weapon did originate from a Jedi. So mm. why is it that different? You know, maybe you could argue a few things, I, I suppose, because of the... I don't know. I don't know. It just... it just Part of me, part of me feels like, why isn't it just like a lightsaber? Why, why does it need why this it normal? weight thing? 
Yeah, what, why does it need that? I don't know. It's it's a bit, it's kind of that, it's like the mysticism of it or even like mythological things or y- you get it in in the hero's journey and things like that where in all, it's like having to overcome something, isn't it? It's overcoming the barrier or even you mentioned like the Fast and Furious or something like, or something like, I don't know, Top Gun, whatever, you know, or, or even Star Wars, you know, people cut, people come to love or they become almost like one with their ship like Han Solo and the way he flies Millennium Falcon I don't think anyone else can because he knows that ship inside out he knows all about it he is one with that ship they're together so I think it's almost like that kind of spiritual bond almost where there is nothing tangible there's nothing actually physically happening but there is something got in the air guiding them again, mm. not necessarily mm-hmm. false, but so there's that kind of thing in any other hero's journey as well, where you have to overcome the obstacles. So whoever, so if, if I won the dark saber, you know, I could, I'd have to do all the admin and the politics of ruling Mandalore, you know, making sure the sanitation is up to scratch, but I'd also have to, you know, earn this blade. I'd also have to, um, work with it and overcome that obstacle as well. And I think to become the hero, I think it's another it's an additional step in the game or the villain, but then I guess yeah. some of the people who have wielded it, who are villains, will see themselves as the hero. There's that old cliche as well, mate. So, I, but yeah, I also agree with you as well. It is it is a strange kind of idea, isn't it? To, to, that the idea that it holds weight and you and a seemingly standard weapon you have to yeah. overcome its weight because I because I, I, I mean there are stories of I mean, even in. Um, in a comic book, I think it was your favourite. I think Jar Jar Binks picks up a uh, and and Rex. They find a lightsaber on the floor. I think from a from a, a dead Jedi, and they're able to pick it up, hold it, and you know, like kind of wield it. They're not experts. They're not doing anything it's, major. They're they're just kind of swinging. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of funny canon, and I, I know I'm going off on a side rant here, but you know I love this. Look at Mabel here just down in that flipping green banana drink. <laughs> I see him like it's having so a cheeky. Good drink of that bad boy like every every time i'm speaking bless you yeah, in between sentences oh. <laughs> he's, he's addicted guys to the green banana drink um what it's, was that? No, it's you, really good it, the, uh, something that kind of bothers me with the new canon is this idea of bleeding uh, kyber mm-hmm. crystals you know i'm not, i'm not i don't know about that whole process yeah, i'm Wasn't not a massive first- fan of that wasn't that first introduced in uh, the Ahsoka book? Is that right? Or um, is yeah, it think, something yeah, else? I think it's E.K. Johnson who wrote that. It was the Ahsoka, but yeah, the idea that you have to, your energy and you bleed into the crystal. You, like, so, you become, so your energy almost becomes one with the crystal, positive or negative, uh, which is how like, Sith would have a red crystal because yeah, of their negative see, I see d- that's one of the things that... I don't know. I, 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 I don't, don't know want, about I don't that. want contradictions and I don't want stuff. However... That is the one thing I look at and think, you know, I'd, I'd rather it just be, you know, the Sith go to Korriban or whatever, and that's where the holy temple of naughty kyber crystals are. I'd rather that than, <laughs> you know, I, I get bleeding, you know, that <gasps> you, can, you, you corrupt the crystal, you corrupt <laughs> this symbol of power. But oh, I think that one, though, I am, I am with you on, my friend. Yeah, it's just a bit of a weird one. And it's one of those that it seems like quite an important part of oh maybe it's not i don't know either way either way, i'm not going to get too sidetracked on it but it's it is a bit odd it is a bit odd and once again this i get what you're saying i get that it's part of the hero's journey and it's 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 um a, a, it's an embodiment of that challenge of the weight of, yes. of a new journey yes. and of of an of a challenge and of really 
something that's worth doing it's like that 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 kind of typical wisdom you know if it's worth doing you know it's gonna it's gonna be a struggle it's gonna be hard but that's exactly what makes it worthwhile and um yeah i don't know man i don't know i get that but when it comes down to the <clears throat> the execution of it ah, uh, i don't know i don't know banana juice yep. mm. Mm. Uh, so oh, i did that, that for some you man good boy. stuff I did that for you, Matty boy. No, I was <laughs> so you can have a drink. It. So yeah, I so say you can Thank have a you, drink of your banana juice. Uh, but there we go. There we go. <laughs> the weight. It's it's a cool thing. Am I a hundred percent on board with it? No. Is it weird? Yes. Do I kind of love it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, there, there there is something there. Like the way it's been depicted in in Canon so far in the live action animated, it looks cool. There, there it does add to that kind of oh, will they? Won't they? Will they be able to overcome this? But um well you said up top that there's you know a thousand years we've known about this but for probably about 950 or under we don't know anything about the dark saber it wasn't until we get to the clone wars mate that we re- that's that was the first time we ever saw the dark saber and it was in the hands of pre a descendant of our boy tar so the clone wars is when we fir- really first started to see the dark saber in action and learn a little bit more about its uh legacy and more about its lore and, you know, at the time, it's just a really cool dark lightsaber. You know, it's a really cool weapon. I wouldn't have thought that 15 years later or whatever, 10 years later, we'd be, you know, really diving into it. That's how well they've handled it. But in the Clone Wars, Pre Vizsla's got this. You know, he's, he's, he said it's been hacking up Jedi for years. In it, he, you know, he fights Obi-Wan with it. He fights Ahsoka Tano and other Jedi. Of course, obviously, he, tr- he challenges Maul, who's come back as well. But the Clone Wars, though, that's where... That's where he really got it, the first um, signs of it. Do you remember at all watching the Clone Wars for the first time and think and seeing the Darksaber and thinking, you know, either, what is this? Or, what is this? Yes. And yes. <laughs> I do. He loved it, Lily. I, I'm not even... Do you know what, though? I'm, I think, for me, I think the... Was the first place to Clone Wars or was it Rebels? Oh, it might have been Clone Wars. Yeah, it might have been Clovers. Yeah, I, I think I wasn't 100% on board with it. I thought it mm-hmm. was quite odd. I think even even today, uh, I, I thought d- the design was a little out there. Garish. Um, yeah, proportionately. It was like, oh, it's not like a lightsaber. It's kind of like a blade. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I you know, I wasn't a yeah. massive fan. I think they've done a good, uh, a really good job of translating it into live action. It's one of those things yeah. that you see it so often, you kind of get used to it. Um, they say that about ugly buildings. Loves a building, you know. They, <laughs> you, you, you can get. <laughs> eventually, you can just get used to an ugly building. People kind of like look through it, or they just get used to it, right? And maybe it's mm-hmm. one of those things. But it's not something that I, I look at and go, "Wow, that looks incredible." Uh, I, or unless I, how else can I say? I didn't think that until I saw it in live action. Anyway, what about you? What did what did you think? Yeah, well, back in the day, like, foolishly, the Mandalorian arcs of the Clone Wars, you know, I thought they were fine. I, I was kind of wait, waiting to get past them because I just didn't find at the time the Mandalorian culture or story to be all that interesting. Now I'm totally flipped on that. Now I've seen what they've given us in live action and I've gone back and watched the Rebels and the Clone Wars and have a massive appreciation now for this clan, this tribe and race of people. And I, I dig it. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. The first time I saw it, I was fairly ambivalent on it thinking, well, it's, 
it looks cool, but because I'm not overly invested in these warriors, you know, to me, this is just a bit of, um, a bit of fluff or a bit of icing on top of that cake. But I thought it looked cool though. And I think this, I always thought it sounded cool and yeah. what it, and, and, and what it stood for, I kind of dug as well in terms of Star Wars. Pre Vizsla was head of Death Watch and he was trying mm. to depose Satine, Satine Croy's, Croy's, Bo-Katan's sister, who was a pacifist. You know, she, he, he thought she'd lost their, lost the way and that Mandalore had, you know, was now a pale imitation of what they were. So he used it as a symbol to rally Death Watch to overthrow and overthrow her. And in doing so, attracted Maul, who then challenged him and cut his, cut his head off, chopped his loaf off, literally threw a drink over his head and more. Uh, so this is what, so what it stood for, like a symbol of almost like aggression and the old ways. I kind of dug that as much as obviously in real world, I wouldn't be up for that. But in, in this world, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, they, it's, they're, they're these almost like fanatics, but they, they, they rally behind this symbol from, you know, a, a generations have gone by. So I thought that was cool. Yes. And it's kind of hard not to talk about Ma- the history of Mandalore and the Darksaber because they're both, it's synonymous really, isn't it? Because yeah. Mandalore was this very influential, powerful planet, powerful planet. And when you see Mandalore and in live action, am I right, mate, boy, in saying live action, we've only seen it the once and that was in the Book of Boba Fett. That was the Night of a Thousand Tears, yes. Mm, yeah. And so when you look at it in animation too, the planet itself is quite barren and bleak. Yes. And and the, the reason for that is because of the constant wars that the planet has experienced, right? It, it, again, it, I'm, I'm not saying anything wrong there, am I? That's no, no, you're pretty much right. It's because of yeah. the wars and obviously the Empire just totaled it as well, so... Well, even in Clone Wars, before... It was still a bit... Before yeah. Empire, it was yeah, ruined. The they ruined wars, it. Yeah. And it's only the before city... Before they live in yeah. What is it? Sederi. Saduri, yes, yeah. yeah. So that they've got this huge like dome, and that's where the city is. That's kind of the capital city of Mandalore. So for for thousands of years, Mandalore has been part of this kind of brutal and bloody history. And it's only really in in, in the grand scheme of things that in recent history that they've become yep. a peaceful planet, a pacifist yes. planet. Yeah, yeah. And that goes in. That leads on to what you were saying, mate boy. That there was this kind of political movement that were like, no, we need to go back to the olden ways and make it better and go from <laughs> go from there yeah. so. yes. <laughs> Seneca, come closer i have good news that's good news so we're going to take a quick break here to thank our sponsor for this episode smugglerscrate.com smugglers crate is the ultimate star wars mystery box they're different to other crate providers because it's for Star Wars fans and by Star Wars fans. Ain't that right, Mayboy? That is right, my man. I recently got a Smuggler's Crate box as a gift for my family and I was genuinely blown away by the quality. I genuinely love this and I'm not just saying that, mate. Okay, so tell me more about it, mate. Tell the world about it. What was so spicy about this Smuggler's Crate? I'll tell you and I'll tell the world all about the spice. My crate had a selection of Black Series and Lego items, exclusive artwork, stationary sets and loads more officially licensed products. But that's not all the Smuggler's Crate do. No, no. They offer a one-off crate, a monthly crate subscription, three-month prepay and a one-off gift box. The best part of all of this is they ship 
worldwide. That's always been a pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. is going to see a crate provider and they don't ship to like the UK or something. So that's a huge win. So every smuggler's crate comes with five to seven exclusive Star Wars items. There is no commitment. You can cancel any time. The value in each box is over 30 pounds or 40 US dollars. The first box ships in only two to four days. And the great news is that you two can get your hands on a smuggler's crate with this exclusive discount code, only available to Star Wars Sessions listeners. Use the discount code Star Wars Sessions, no spaces, for 20% off. 20% off. Only using the discount code Star Wars Sessions, no spaces. It's absolutely worth it, and it's that easy. So go to smugglerscrate.com, and now, back to the show. You know, the Clone Wars, just to see you said, the Clone Wars nailed it. People say, oh, we don't need, you know, the politics in Star Wars, you know, they think of that, the prequels, and how that was handled. But you and I, we want more politics in Star Wars handled well. And Clone Wars, for the most part, certainly the Mandalorians, they really nailed it. Like you've just said, you know, the different factions and their ways of thinking, you know, it's translatable to real world as well. So, you know, you can watch that and think, you know what, yeah, I, 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 I see where this is coming from, whether you, I agree or not. You know, you know the, with the Vizzlers and their action, the Death Watch, where they're coming from, they're, they're, they're standing behind this symbol. I mean, the way that they wrote it and the way they depicted it, I think was really, really good. And of course, the, the dark saber was used actually by Maul, as it turns out, to 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 murder Satine in front of Obi Wan, which was yep. one of the the moments of the Clone Wars. And people are still saying, you know, will we have uh, a blowover of that in Kenobi? Will he kind of will he mention Satine by name? But I mean, that moment, I watched imagine, it again, and imagine a, that. Oh, mate! I mean, they could do it. All it yeah. needs is just one one word, just a name drop. But you know, that scene is great. And that, but it's just that adds to another part of the history of the dark saber. The dark saber is responsible for murdering in the coldest of all bloods, the cruelest of strokes, the pacifist leader of Mandalore, allowing the way for Maul and Death Watch to to temporarily take over to try and restore it to its um, violent past. So the dark saber yeah. is, whilst I want to think of it as an elegant weapon from a bygone era, it isn't. Basically, it's not. It became a symbol of war and a symbol of aggression yeah. and violence by the time Maul had it. And and Maul kind of took, when you think about it, he took advantage of the state of the galaxy. Oh, yeah. Really, right? And yep. because the galaxy was busy with the Clone Wars, he he kind of exploited the neutrality of Mandalore. He exploited yep. the, the, the status of, of that society of the royal family, of, of, of everything. And we get so much Maul, Darth, formerly Darth Maul, with <laughs> yeah. the Darksaber in Clone Wars. And it's crazy seeing it. And he, he, he kills quite a few people with it. You know, he is brutal I, I, with it. Well, here's a question for you, mate, because at the end, during the Clone again, if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, you know, all apologies, but he fights Sidious with the Darksaber. That's Darth right. Sidious wins that fight, so shouldn't he be the de facto ruler of Mandalore? Or do you have to issue a challenge in order to claim the Darksaber? Because Sidious didn't say, all right, let's have a fight, and if I win, that's mine. They just fought. Sidious yeah. won, yeah. but you know he yeah. isn't the leader of Mandalore. Is there, you know, have, have we established now that you have to lay down the challenge? Well, because it is a cultural thing and because it is a tradition 
a tradition it what what it, it's like money you have to be part of the system for it to be worth something more mm. is manipulating and exploiting that system and that tradition he doesn't yeah. care about it he doesn't care about it my boy he's not really a mandalorian he's there to take advantage of that tradition yeah and so his from game. his point of view from his point of view and probably maybe from from sidious's then they don't care they don't care yeah. about that <laughs> yeah, it's the mandalorians sure. that care it's the yeah. mandalorians that's that exactly care. what it they, is. they keep the tradition alive so that's my answer to that is that it's kind of null and void it's not like it doesn't matter yeah. from a mandalorian perspective yes mm-hmm. yes sidious would have been at that time the rightful ruler of Mandalore <laughs> and the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, Senate. Imagine that. Somehow like, oh, he returned, guys. guys. Can't do. S- somehow he, he did return. As Mandalore. So, yeah. So they, so they could have done that in the Rise of Skull, just have him leading Mandalore. I beat Maul's 50 years ago. I am Mandalore. Um, yeah. Well, the, the next time we see it is obviously Star Wars Rebels. It makes a reappearance in Rebels. Ezra Bridger. Uh, it's actually Sabine Wren. She nabs it from the from the night sab- from the night sabers, the night sisters' lair on Dathomir. Um, after Ezra and Maul are having a little tete a tete, a really great scene as well, where you see this mm. kind of bloodied vigil vigil of Satine and that Kenobi. That sorry, Maul has got in his lair. It's really kind of creepy, but um, it, so it falls into the hands of Sabine Wren of House Wren. Um, and she's there, and, and Fen Rao, who is the mother Mandalorian, is explaining. You now she she is resistant to the dark because she doesn't want the responsibility. She's you know she'll she'll will the blade, but she does not want the what everything that comes from it. Being a leader, being a being a ruler. After what she sees, thinks that she did to Mandalore. Mandalore. She she built the super weapon for the Empire, which they then turned against the Mandalorian people. So she is responsible for the genocide of an awful lot of her people unwillingly which she's had to live with rebels on if you haven't watched it get on that train but um so it falls into sabine's hands and he, this is the first time we really learn now that you know obviously with great power comes great responsibility but the weight of the weapon kanan's saying i can sh- i can show you how to use it you need a teacher i can show you and and She's struggling with the weight and it gets lighter the more he's goading her into saying, like, you failed it. The reason, basically saying the reason why Mandalore's dead is because of you. you know, great teaching. But he's doing it to try to get her to bond with that saber, to channel whatever she's feeling. So that's when we first saw that. And, you know, when we saw it more in Rebels, I was like, okay, I'm getting it now. They're building this lore out. And, you know, I, I liked I liked where they went with it. And, and obviously it ended up in the hands of Bo-Katan, uh, which mm. we will mention her shortly as well. But so we get to see a little bit more of the journey of the, the dark saber. That's, but that's where we first heard about the white mate. And I really, really, really like the trials of the dark saber episode. I rewatched it a couple of days ago. The music is fantastic. Really, really top tier star Wars for me in terms of storytelling. There's so much to go back and watch. Even even just discussing this, like you, th- there's, it gives you so many reasons to go back and watch Clone Wars and Rebels. And if you've not seen them, to start those, or maybe even just mm-hmm. watch those specific episodes. You know, anything Dark Saber related. Have a little Google, and it's easy to kind of keep up with that. You know, with Disney Plus being able to just put in, you know, just search for Clone Wars. <laughs> episode xyz you know rebels episode xyz it's great so yeah i'd encourage you to do that man and um 
it's just the way the the history kind of then flows into live action. I think we got to give credit to Dave Filoni here uh, and John Favreau because they are part of that fabric of Star Wars history that kind of for for them really started with with the animated world. But now. Years later, I, 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 Matty Boy, I couldn't have imagined this, mate. I couldn't have imagined this. But, you know, like the Darksaber, Bo-Katan, Gideon, Mando, all of these people are now playing a key role, a key role in the Star Wars story. So, yeah. man, it, you, you kind of, you can't talk about this without going into what we've seen in recent years. No, you can't. And Bo-Katan, she was given the saber at the end of Rebel. She was handed the saber. So obviously very, very important. Now, Satine, yes. she didn't win it by combat, but in in Rebel, she did fight uh, Gar Saxon and she beat him. You know, she beat him to claim that uh, weapon. So she had the respect and people were going to follow her. But she recognized Bo-Katan as a leader, as a warrior, and as the rightful heir and ruler of Mandalore. So she hands her the weapon. And Broker Tan's like, do you know what? I accept this for Mandalore. And is, and you know, I think she's, you know, she, she's drinking the juice. She thinks she's won it. And then once Rebels has finished, I remember people are asking a question, oh, you know, what happens? And, you know, what happens, you know, as we do in Star Wars, what happens next? You know, where does Broker Tan go? Who, you know, what does she become Mandalore or whatever? And as we turn, as, as you mentioned, mate, we go forward into live action now and we find out at the end of Mando season one, Gideon has got, the 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 dark saber and you know Gideon seems to know mate he knows an awful lot about the law of the saber. It's yours now. What is the dark saber? It belongs to you. Now it belongs to her. She can't take it. It must be won in battle. In order for her to wield the Darksaber again, she would need to defeat you in combat. I yield. It's yours. Oh, no. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. The Darksaber doesn't have power. The story does. Without that blade, she's a pretender to the throne. He's right. So it's Moff Gideon, mate. He's an he's an, I, an ex-ISP officer, but he know, he's wielding the Darksaber. He knows the stories. He knows all about the Night of the Thousand Tears. And he knows that, and like I said, he knows the importance. You know, the blade, this weapon doesn't have power, but the story does. Also, how good is Gian, Giancarlo Esposito is so menacing, so smarmy, oh. and he is so slimy in that role. He, like He's so great, the way he's just cackling to himself. But he knows the law of this now. He knows that, you know, we, we, we kind of mentioned and hypothesized on the recap, chapter 16, that I think Gideon's thrown that fight because he knows that Bo-Katan wants to saber. He throws the fight. Mando has it. Those two, you know, Bo's going to have to fight Mando, maybe even kill him. And then that deposes one of his enemies maybe he can get to baby mm. older easier so he knows the story mate and that's what's setting up possibly going forward into into season three my, my man but we don't know how gideon got it from bo katan 
but it be, but when I remember though when he we, when he when we saw him cut and open that tie fire at the end of season one, oh, it was like well, come on, it's like come on, right? I did not see this coming. The transition, like you said, big boy, from animation to live action, seamless. And you know what, mate? They're answering the questions. We're all saying they go. We're all sitting there saying, well, how can how come Gideon got it and oh, Bo-Katan, But she she was given the saber, and now Gideon's saying you can't, but you can't just give it to someone. They've answered all these questions, mate. They're doing such a good job of stitching this all together, mate. And who and it and it fits though in the Mandalorian narrative. I think this weapon really fits. It doesn't feel like they've just shoehorned it in, mate. It fits. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely, mate. It's the 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 moment I saw that dark saber in live action. I th- it was one of those moments where you're like, now, now, no. <laughs> yeah it's just one of those and and it looked good it looked my boy it looked so good so good it's true it's true it's amazing and again it's adding to this the writing's really good here as well right because it even if you've not seen clone wars and rebels you you're still kind of up to date with what this thing is and why it's so important they've not just thrown you in the deep end which is fine too in a a huge canon that's good too and that can be good storytelling sometimes but again it comes down to the magic words but execution but it's not always going to be as easy as that there we go my boy go have a have a sip of your flipping green banana just have a bit of me juicy stuff Mm. (laughs) Mm. it's good stuff but gideon knows his stuff he knows his history he knows his mythology and that is why in the rescue chapter 16 of the mandalorian he knows who's coming no one else knows who's coming through those hallways yeah he does and he is scared he is scared a lot (laughs) and and very scared is very scared because he knows the legend of Luke Skywalker. But again, that's a different story. That's a different story. But Gideon, he's a smart guy. He knows his stuff. He knows that Bo-Katan will stop at nothing. We see her interrogating, um, I forgot the guy's name now, but on the, on the Gazanti cruiser when she's like, does Gideon have the dark saber? And he's like, well, if you're asking, then you already know. And then, and then bites into that like suicide pill. So he knows that. So we know as well that Bogotan is dead set on getting this to the point where it's almost like a maniacal obsession. She had it. It was gifted to her and then she lost it. And, you know, moving into the book of Boba Fett as well, linking it in the armorer. She had a really good wicked speech on that halo planet. And I'm me, me, yeah. me thinking that she's talking a little bit about Bogotan, mate, when she says, she says, she says this. What do you know of this blade? I am told it is the dark saber. Indeed. Do you understand its significance? Whoever wields it can lead all of Mandalore. If it is won by creed in battle, it is said one warrior will defeat twenty and the multitudes will fall before it. If, however, it is not won in combat and falls into the hands of the undeserving, it will be a curse unto the nation. Mandalore will be laid to waste and its people scattered to the four winds. So, mate, if the Darksaber falls into the hands of the undeserving, i.e. those who haven't won by combat, 
Mandalore and all its people will fall into ruin, the Night of the Thousand Tears, and its forces scattered. Is she having like a subtle dig there? Because, you know, the, the armor up seems like she knows up. She called Bo-Katan a cautionary tale. She knows all about Bo-Katan. She knows she wants this saber. She knows she had it. But she's also mm. pretty much spelling out what actually happened to Mandalore in, in terms of the, the legacy, like Gideon said, of the sword. The, the sword has a story. You win it in combat. Bo-Katan didn't. She got it handed to her and she's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm the leader now. Undeserving. And then the Empire turned that planet to glass, like Boba Fett said. So there's a little bit of needle there by the by the sounds of it between the armorer, because the armorer didn't seem like too bothered about actually having the weapon. She wasn't like Galadriel in the ring. She held it. She she um she lit the saber and then gave it back. So there seems to be a little bit of needle, a bit of an irk there. She seems to know stuff about this saber and Bo-Katan's mm. like, lust for it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm glad you made the reference to Galadriel there as well, because it is. It's this saber does have that kind of power, you know, like the, it's almost like the ring of power um, Mm -hmm. where it's bringing out sometimes the worst in people. um, And it's cause it it can bring out the best, but it can also bring out the worst. And I think we're only going to see more of that. And the armor knows that I think Bo-Katan knows that. And I think Mando is learning that. Because the guy, it's funny how he doesn't seem to know a great deal about it. It's almost like this sword has kind of just gone missing for a while. Or maybe Mm -hmm. it doesn't quite hold the same weight it used to for certain factions. I suppose you can tell that the Mandalorian peoples are very much divided mentally and physically. They're, they're not a oneness. They're not one people. And again, that's probably going to play into the Mandalorian story that Din or whoever might finally unite the Mandalorian people once again for the first time since, you know, the, the Clone Wars era and when Satine was, was, was the queen of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, man. It's great stuff. That's it, mate. And and the journey from the Mandalorian, so it, it goes from Gideon to Din. Bo-Katan wants it. Din has it. Previsla, also voiced by Favreau, our thick boy, oh, yeah. our heavy boy, he challenges Din. So we get a, a live, a- an actual live action challenge because I guess, you know, call, call it what it is in Mando season two, Mando doesn't challenge Gideon for the saber. He wins it and just, well, he beats him and just nicks it. But Previsla, yeah. now this, this was, his no this case this is his lineage almost to him this is his birthright you now my great 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 grand governor created this thing it's mine so we get to see that challenge really great challenge really enjoyed that so we so that they carry on, on that legacy the weight that we saw in the book of boba fett carried on what was set up in rebel so there's that nice connection there as well the, the, the dark saber suddenly become a weapon of huge importance and to this and into this mandoverse very important because like we like we like we're just saying the armorer bo-katan there's something going on there she know does she blame bo-katan for the fall of mandalore what does bo-katan you know she she seems to look down on other mandalores like the way she talks to din when she's like you are part of a cult blah blah part of death whatever you know they, they, they are like you say they're not united and i think this is what we're playing into here going into season three and maybe four that someone's got a ride and uh, she, the armor said, you know, Dean, you've got to go to the to the mines, the waters under or underneath Mandalore, or whatever, to cleanse yourself, be a Mandalorian again. 
is that going to play into season three and him leading Mandalore? A lot of people think Boba mm. Fett is mm. going to take the dark saber and lead Mandalore. Is Bo-Katan, you know, Grogu people think. What do you think of then, mate? So we, we've gone from Tar Vizsla to Pre Vizsla to Maul to Sabine Wren to Bo-Katan to Din to Moff Gideon to Din Jarin. They are the very well rulers. done. Very well done, Matty boy. I, off the top I, of my I, head, but he's, that, he's watching me. Because right there, that is the history of the Darksaber as we know it, guys. And so now it, we only can can speculate about the future and we're going to try and What's do that happening, responsibly. Man? But of I, course. Think, I, I think, what, like you said, there's a few options here. There's a few options here. Ultimately, I think if I'm skipping over all of the details that could unravel, um, I could see, you know, my 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 ideal end to a Mandalorian series. Yep. What's my ideal end to a Mandalorian series, Matty boy? It Mate, is you, at the end of it, you're going to have yep. Din Djarin yep. dropping off Grogu yep. with a certain uh, English rose. That's it, a Ray Skywalker on a on a Mate. on a on a lovely planet on a lush planet, training some Padawans, maybe with Finn and some others. And you see a, maybe a force ghost. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit too, Rose is too much. Roses reading maps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, she's not, she's just, you know, too busy <laughs> to join she's in. Apparently not allowed to, yeah. Yeah, not allowed to, mate. Not allowed to. But um, little baby Grogues is there learning his Jedi ways. He's a Padawan and he hasn't got a lightsaber like the others. He has the darksaber. <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> and he'd only be about 80 years old then by the time of that story. 80 or 90, yeah. give or take. So he'd still be in his terms a nipper a learning yeah. A padawan yeah mate, yeah he would he would be a little top yeah uh, oh mate. other than that maybe uh, the only other thing i could see really is maybe dinjarin keeping it for the time being and mm-hmm. ruling over mandalore with it um that's all i could uh, maybe but i i think i prefer the former i prefer the story with eventually grogu having it and and uh wielding it as, as a jedi and that kind of comes full circle with a Jedi Mandalorian using a dark yeah, saber. Mate. That's that's the poetic thing here, right? And that it, goes all like the way back. Yeah, that 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 goes all the way back to the the the, the first Vizsla, Tar Vizsla, the 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 creator of this laser sword. That's what I think. This guy, this about- guy gets it. It's like he knows Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> what about yeah what about you mate what about you uh, uh, that that is a very romantic idea that you know after what like what's now been called grogu's choice you know be a jedi or a mandalorian he turned down the lightsaber for him to turn up on first day of jedi training with ray skywalker with the dark saber firstly you know what drip that little green guy's got showing know, everybody right? else up but there is there is the He's question as well a lot of he, he's got that bad boy mithril as well you know so <laughs> of course yeah and maybe a little maybe a little helmet that's been forged for him little ears sticking out the side yes yeah. um but yeah i mean pe- people have said you know where, where's it where, where are the mandalorians doing a sequel trilogy where's the dark saber the dark saber i don't think needs to be vi- a vital part of the storytelling in that era because like for the most part it's you know it kind of just changes hands across time between clone wars and rebels and now mando you know, they weren't talking about the dark saber in the OT. They weren't talking about it any other time. It's just, it's just out there. You know, someone's got it, or it's, it's in a, it's in a museum or whatever. So, the Mandalorian people, again, I don't, I don't think they need to be eradicated or wiped out by the time we get to the sequels. They could just be living on Mandalore. 
you know, they could still be warriors, but they don't need to be out fighting all the time to prove that they're warriors. This could be a different breed. So I think, I, I do think they're going to go the way of, a, it's not quite the hero's journey. We've mentioned that a lot, but it's too hard to not mention Joseph Campbell when it comes to this kind of stuff. I can see Din Djarin mm-hmm. ruling Mandalore. Why? Because when we first met him, he was, you know, he was, he's out, he was just a lone gunslinger, you know, taking bounties, making money. This is the way you take him in people in warm or cold. Didn't want the responsibility. Didn't really want the responsibility of bringing Grogu up. Uh, he didn't like droids. And now we see him. He loves Grogu. Loves a bit of droid as well. He's, he, he is committed to the Mandalorian way or certainly the creed that he knows. So, yeah. whilst, you know, whatever his association to the planet is, I don't know, but he loves, you know, he is, mm. you know, creed runs through his blood. So, I can see like the end of the Mandalorian season, whatever it is, five, six, seven, the bando standing there with the other Mandalorians united with him. The saber raised, they've all got their arms raised, and it's like, you are the man to lead us. Doesn't mean into a war. It could just be that you know they you know they they respect him for whatever he needs to do, and then how they want to tell that story uh, going forward is up to them. Maybe that's how they would do it. You know, Mando is a bit like Aragorn. He just, he rules over Gondor and that, and it's fine. You know, there's no wars. Yeah. He just grows old and then he drops yeah. off a lot of Lord of the Rings powers. Then he logs, then he just drops off Grogu because, you know, he knows his time is coming and that's, this is the way. So I think, I think Din Djarin would, there is that kind of idea. Boba Fett might as well. He's already said, I'm, I'm not a Mandalorian. I never said I was when Bo-Katan challenges him about being a Mando. That would be out of left field for me. Because Boba doesn't particularly want to be a crime lord. I don't know about ruling an entire planet. I don't know. Bo-Katan, I'm interested to see where they go with her because they're kind of setting her up as a bit of a anti-hero or not quite a protagonist, but not quite the bad guy. You know, she wants to saber that our hero's got. Is she going to try and take him out? The armorer, yeah. what does she know about it? She's not going to rule. But what well, does she know? There's so many different things at play here, bro. Just to continue kind of the Middle Earth thing uh, analogies again is that this saber can, can, again, it can bring out the worst out of Bo-Katan, you know? She could have been a great character or well-meaning. Yes, she's been corrupted. And I think that's the vibes I got. That's the, and that's even, even in season two, she's kind of doing these good things, but for her own purpose, for her own greed, for her own mission. And, for her own legacy. Mm, mm. I can think and of so, at least two times when she says, Gideon's got something, I want it, I need to be the one to take it. And then obviously when she roughs up that bloke, it's like, Where, where's the dark? She's starting to lose her mind a bit in search of this thing. So there's lots of drama, mate. There's lots of drama coming. There's lots of drama. So I think Din's going to end up with it. I think you kind of, by, by proxy, think Din will before obviously then passing it to Grogu later yeah. on down the line. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Din basically is staying in the family. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter for The Mandalorian, and you are listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Yes. Well, I think the Mandos love a drink. Uh, I know uh, Mando himself loves a bit of soup. However, we've pulled mm. up our Essex Falcon outside the galaxy's greatest dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. I want a drink. Luke, the only question that remains is, shall we? Oh, let's do it, mate. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Absolutely. 
Give me the spiciest drink you got. Pour me another Parkell and Sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Yeah, he's got guns like Beskar, that man is. For for those who are new or old to the show, each week we sit down here in the Bantina with the greatest listeners in the galaxy. That's all of you. And we have a couple of Kef beers. And we get your thoughts on our main discussion. Uh, and this week we, we wanted to know, you know what, what's the story of the Dark, Dark Saber going forward? This is what we know. What do you guys mm. think is going to happen going forward? Yes, absolutely. And to start us off is Luke Winchester, who said, I actually think that once Fav Faloni have concluded the story they want to tell across these shows, it will be destroyed or reforged into something Ooh. that isn't a weapon. Wow, what, what a like great... That. What a great take. Ashton Hartigan said, I think Din is going to become the ruler of Mandalore, but I think we need to see him grow into the leader position over the course of season three and or four. Uh, what mm-hmm. I don't want to happen is Grogu to get the Darksaber. What, again, different take. Different take there, Ashton. We love it. We love it. And to uh, add to the spice is our boy all the way from Malta or Austria I think he's in Austria at the moment the we're not world. sure where he is he travels a lot he was just in Portugal we love him you know him King of Malta Eve Evangel let's hear it Hi Matt and Luke and Sessionistas um, as for the Dark Saber, I kind of think it needs to be out of the picture for later stories like the sequel trilogy. Um, same goes for the Mandalorians themselves. So I think it will play a part in the Mandoverse, if you want to call it like that, uh, as tool to reunite some Mandalorians. But I also expect Mandalorians to become isolationists like, for example, Japan did for a big part of its history. And that makes sense given the similarities in warrior culture and I mean even they used even the word daimyo in the book of Boba Fett so I mean there can always be exceptions and nothing has to really make sense but if you look at the complete absence in the sequel trilogy and the way they tie it together I think that would make a lot of sense oh what a take what a take clever boy see this is this is why the Bantina is so good. We just get these different perspectives on stuff that I'm like, I didn't think of that, you know, especially the Japanese culture, the mention of Japanese no, history and culture. There's what a take, man. Love it. Yeah. No, Evie boy. Nice one, mate. I hope they do. And on Ashton point, your point, I hope they don't rush it. Like they did with the reunion of Grogu and Din. I hope they really flesh out. If Din is going to lead, they got to flesh this out. So, uh, thank you for that. Uh, planet express one said, I'm thinking Din is going to approach Bo-Katan early in season three, where she's going to make him question his loyalty to the armor and Paz. I think we're going to, I think we're probably going to find out the armor has a dark past and maybe Bo-Katan offers to take Din into her crew, but it's done reluctantly because she wants to save her for herself. This would probably lead to conflict between them leaving Din feeling like he has nowhere to go as a Mandalorian enter a third party of Mandos. Maybe, maybe a Jedi steps in and trains him with the saber Regardless, I think the Sabre is going to be very present in future Mandalorian content. Uh, similar to what Eve was saying, mm. it's going to play a big part there, mate. And similar to what you said as well, mate. Bo's going to take Din in, but she's going to have another motive. She wants to Sabre. She's going to try and manipulate him. So yes, there's that. Yeah. That Planet Express one is with you. Uh, and finally, Vadim Simmons, the Belgian Bond. Well, he said probably the most important comment of all. He's going to take over Mandalore while riding a Mythothor, screaming, For Frodo! I mean, Grogu. There you go. I mean, I mean it's beautiful. 
I the math I saw. Um, I just love I love the name Planet Express because it's a throwback to Futurama. So I was thinking. I was my- like, you know, oh no, I didn't actually. No, I was thinking about the pizza place in Toy Story, which has got nothing to do with it. it but it's. it's- is Planet it, Pizza. No, I know what you mean, but the logos are similar. The logos are similar. If you look yeah. at the Planet Express logo on Futurama, it's similar to... I know what you mean. I know what you're talking about. See, we're... Look at us throwing up gang signs. Hey, on our, look at us. See, you look guys don't... Because it's an audio show, so we could be doing anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> Look at us during the voice messages, sort of listening, but also throwing a gang sign. So, uh, guys, girls, thank you very much for sending in those comments. Uh, honestly, some of like the, the, the dark saber being like melted down. Come oh, mate. Some of these know, what are fantastic, a... and if if they come to mm. pass, mate, I'm here for. I, I as much as I've got my thoughts, I'm here for all of these. I am yeah. genuinely here for any of these. The great takes. There's some great takes. I can't. And it, there's it just goes to show. There's loads of avenues they can explore here, and I'd be pretty happy with. I'd be pretty happy with. So it's great crack, mate. Yeah. So thank you everyone for sending in your contributions this week. If we didn't uh, read out your contribution or play it, please don't be disheartened. Please don't, because we will do everything we can to get you onto a future edition of the Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. Oh, yes. It's the spiciest part of the Buntina Patreon section. Uh, Patreon question section. Uh, getting ahead of myself there, Matty boy. Uh, to start us <laughs> off, it's a spicy one. It is from the one, the only, the big, the beefy Martin Mead. The Meadalorian himself. Yes. He asked this. Hi, guys. Will there be any more sessions merch for sale or re-release of that awesome manga shirt? And if you could put yourselves in the Star Wars timeline, including books, comics, uh, not just live action TV, um, when would it be? What planet and who with? And who with? Okay. <laughs> that, oh, I wonder what Matty's boy, Matty boy's going to pick. That, <laughs> thanks to <laughs> your spicy legends that made a force be with you. Uh, Matty boy, what are you saying, mate? What do you reckon? Search your feelings. Um, no, actually, I've... Um, I'm, I'm dodging the obvious. Of course, the obvious answer would be Ray on Canto Bite. Bit of me, Canto Bite. But actually, no. Uh, well, to answer your first question, Martin, Sessions Merch, yes, we were actually speaking about that before we came on air. We've got some, some cool ideas. As for the re-release of that awesome manga shirt, firstly, yes, it was awesome. I guess, Lukey Boy, just on that, if enough people want it to be re-released and enough people want to, you know, express interest, of course we will do. Yeah, we're not going to... You know, it was a limited run, but if enough people want it... You know, of course we'll consider not even consider. Of course we'll put it back up for sale. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. And we, we've got some stuff coming. We had some stuff in the pipeline anyway, but I think where we um, had the time off and we had to, uh, we had our issues in the earlier on in the winter. It kind of just delayed that um, the release of more merch, but it's coming. It's coming, mate. Yep. Uh, so, so thanks for reminding us, and thanks for the nudge on that, Martin. You legend, but rest assured, you'll be getting some cheeky sessions merch soon, Matty boy. Yep. The, the second part of that, um, I know you mentioned Hand and Buy it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. is it? Is it? I mean, it's Ray, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh, look, like, no, actually, it's sure. not. I mean, firstly, I mean, if anyone's going to look good in a sessions T-shirt, 
smart and neat. But the second part of the question, mm. you know, the obvious would be Ray Canto bite. Let's go. Let's go to the slot machines. But no, actually, do you know what? I would go for mine's a bit out there. It's from one of the books. It's a bit more left field. It's from one of the books on the journey to the rise of Skywalker by Kevin Shinnick. It was called Force Collector. Uh, so I'd go on. I'd go um. on the journey of this geezer called Karnak Sin. He's a right lad. He was. He, it, this takes place just before the Force Awakens, and basically, this lad. Uh, he travels a galaxy looking for Jedi artifacts and, and stories of kind of great historic, historical significance. So he ends up on Utapau and he hears about, you know, the, what happened in the Clone Wars and General Grievous. And, you know, and I'd go on that. So, so, so like, it's almost like another way of backpacking. I go backpacking around the galaxy with this guy who's going with the express intent of finding out more about the places he's going and the people who kind of created these significant moments in the galaxy. So I'd actually do that. So everyone who thought I was going to say Ray Skywalker, you were probably right. But I thought I would um, put a Ryan Johnson and subvert <laughs> yeah. it a little bit and Come go for Carnage Sin. Don't, Thin. What, don't no, it would have been obviously, mate. Don't, Imagine yeah. me in a tuxedo. But um, oh, come yeah. on, so that's who I'd go with. One of the the lad from Force Collector, Carnage Sin, and go travelling. But what about you, mate? Who would you? Uh, where would you place yourself? And who with? Where do you, where are you going? Um, well, Naboo's always my number one destination for all things Star Wars, really. Let's be honest. It's a beautiful planet as the diversity with, 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 with the, yeah, the architecture. You've got the underwater folk. You've got the above yep. water folk. I mean, and you've got the Windows XP screensaver. What's not to like? <laughs> what is not to like? Yes. Um, I, but I, if I'm going on a little adventure, maybe I'm going with my man, uh, well, what have we here? Well, hello, what have we here? <laughs> hello, what have we here? Hello, what have we here? Lando <laughs> Carizian. We're going with Lando, mate, and we're going to go explore... Um, oh, not Coruscant. Uh, I just I just had it in my Naboo. head a second ago. No, not... <laughs> Hosnian <laughs> Prime. Hosnian Prime. We're going to go before Hosnian Prime. Before it blows up. Of course. Yeah. So... There we go. That's it. Give, <laughs> That's it. give Leia yeah. my love. Yeah. yeah, me and Lando, we're going to be a couple of lads on a <laughs> on a you know on a lads trip, getting lads points. We're going to be on a booze cruise. <laughs> well, what prize. have we here? Yes, <laughs> it's Lukey boy. I'm like ten points down. <laughs> hey, we got you. Hey, Savaloy. Yeah. <laughs> what have we here? He's going to fill fill up Hosnian Prime. That's why they blew yeah. up because of your lots of debauchery. They're like, I've had enough well, of this. Well, the crazy thing is, is that you know, me and Lando might run into some Imperial activity there, and Vader might see us, and he's gonna, he's gonna be. He's not going to know what we're doing. He's just going to go. Be angry. <laughs> and we'll be like Vader. We're, leave us alone. We're having fun. Me and my main Lando. <laughs> to, answer, to answer everybody's next question, at some point, yes, Luke will be commissioned to do a what remix with a with a with a banging beat behind it. Hello, what have we here? This deal what? is getting worse all the time. What? <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That's what that's Lukey boy when when he oh, goes yeah, to the bar and they're like he's like, Can I get four pints for a tenner? And they're like, Oh no, it's fifteen quid now. The steel's getting worse all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what it's it true. Is. It's true. Yeah, it was, all of it. Great all of it. Great great question though, Martin. We love you. 
We love you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Local boy, huh? Yeah, nice one, mate. Where guys and girls in the world, where would you uh, go in Star Wars? At what point in the timeline and who with? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Me and Luke, we're going traveling for different reasons. Nice one, Martin. Um, Sammy, the, the face of Florida, he said, Hello, fellas. Here we go, go. Here we go, lads. This question has been lingering for a while now, and I've neglected looking it up because I want to hear it straight from the father's mouth. What the heck is a Savaloy? Can you please define it and use it in a sentence with Star Wars context? Please and thanks. Much love, Sammy. So Luke, the proprietor of the Savaloy introduction, what is it? What does it mean? Use it in a Star Wars context. Shoot. Well, a Savaloy, Sammy, um, which, by the way, Sammy, yes, he is the face of Florida, and I heard the Florida state flag is actually going to change to sammy's face so when it um, should as it should just like it, you know the dark saber and mandalore sammy's face and florida just kind of <laughs> go hand in hand one of the same you know yeah the one in the star oh, you're not beautiful. poetic ah oh, beautiful <laughs> sammy a savaloy well a savaloy is the alpha and the omega it's the beginning and the ending in everything in between and Sammy let's say I'm down a chip shop a fish and chip shop in Coruscant well I'm gonna some people like to get cotton chips haddock and chips place and chips Mm. some Mm. crazy people even like to get squid and chips it's delicious it's great now what people forget is that you don't usually just get your fish and chips. You get a little side, you know, mushy peas, a curry sauce, gravy, if you're from up north. Gravy, not gravy, like we say down here. Gravy. 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 V-E-H at the end, V. Now, this is the crazy thing, Sammy, is sometimes you dip your chips in said curry sauce, but now what if you get your saveloy? and dip it into the curry sauce eat that bad boy Sammy a savaloy is everything you've dreamed of and it's probably better than a dark saber let me put it like that legend of the savaloy I mean I'm not even going to try to answer the question what have I got to add to that other than yeah. the savaloy was traditionally made from pork brains. The ingredients of a shop-bought sausage are typically pork, 58%, water, rusk, pork fat, potato starch, dried sage, beef collagen casein, and many other additives as well. Hey Siri, what is a savaloy? A savaloy is a type of highly seasoned sausage, usually bright red, normally boiled and often available in British fish and chip shops, <laughs> especially in London. Buckinghamshire, Essex, Newcastle, Stoke-on-Trent, the Midlands and Wales. Would you like to hear more? Yes. available fried in batter. That's true. That's true. What an additional oh, that tip is that is. Would you like to hear more? Yes. Oh, no, you can have a batter if you want, but um, if you, for our American <laughs> listeners, especially those in Maine, open New England, there's something called a red snapper. That is a savaloy. That is a savaloy. Is a red it? snapper. Get it. Red snapper. Red snapper. Type in Maine or something, because I think it's also the name of a fish, but Red Red Snapper Maine. Maine. It's Um, a Savaloy. Oh wow, yeah, it is a Savaloy. Make a pilgrimage. 
Make a, pilgr- a pork pilgrimage. You can do it up to Maine. Yeah. So you can get a Savaloy. So, Sammy, go get a Savaloy or a red... What was it called? A snapper. red snapper. And slap them around your mate's face. They'll love that. Take a picture of you eating it. Yeah. Eating it. Well, no. Slap it around your mate's faces <laughs> first. Dip it in the curry sauce. Yeah. Nibble, nibble, nibble. Yeah. Yummy, yummy, yummy. So Nosh, nosh, nosh. You know what? You can also dip it. I don't know this. I got it from Google. I'm not going to lie. You can also dip it in something. You can have it in like a, it's called a sav dip sandwich. So the bun is dipped in the water in which the savoy was boiled in. Or you dip no. it in gravy. With a, no. You put a layer of stuffing or peas pudding, which is foul. And you season it with no. English mustard and chuck some savoys in there. And it's, the, and it's a, a quick way to a heart attack. What is this? What is Sav that? dip, mate. I think that, that sounds like a, Sav- uh, that sounds like something you maybe get in Newcastle or Stoke on Trent. Maybe not down in uh, <laughs> London. <laughs> I love the way they put Essex in there as well, though. Mate, mate boy, just absolutely out in the the north. Yeah, Generalising the north. Well done, mate. We love yeah. our northern friends. They've they've they taught us so much more than we'd ever get down south. Especially um, chips and gravy. Don't really get that down south. That's a northern thing. Yeah, no, we're chips and curry sauce really down our ends. So there we That's go, it, Sammy. So, um, well, when so when anyway. you eventually come to the UK, you'll you'll get to experience all this, mate, firsthand. Hope that so there we question, go, mate. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, once again, the the Bantina Patreon questions just it, it thrives, doesn't Brilliant. it? You know, <laughs> it, it's just beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. Uh, Scott beauty. Fisher says, Whoop. since I've seen, uh, well. Since, since what I've seen from the sessions watch-alongs, you lads own some Star Wars helmets of your own, such as uh, Boba Fett and the Sith Trooper helmets. My question is, if you could own any Clone Wars helmet-type paint job, uh, what would you own? Matty boy, give us your Clone Warsy answer, mate. Um, Scotty boy, I would like to own... The uh, helmet that belongs to the 13th Battalion. They were the geezers from Jedi Fallen Order, so the, the yellow paint job, the ones that took out Jara to Poe and scarred Cal Kestis's face. But um, so mine is quite simple. The I like I just like the the, the the white and yellow look. It's bright. It stands out. It's from my, one of my favourite pieces of Star Wars storytelling for a long time. So simple. The 13th Battalion that was stationed above um, Bracca. Jedi Fallen mm. Order. What about that's you, mate? A gr- that's a great choice. I still really love the Coruscant Guard. The the you the, love it, I think you? I, yeah, it's that red and white man and the print. And I love, mm-hmm. I just love the print on the top bit as well with like the the kind of like stripes, like yeah. bam bam bam, oh. that all go across. It just it looks fantastic. It looks it looks. Sorry, it looks so good. So good. Dan DeLorean. Dan, what's your favourite Clone Wars helmet, mate? Um, (laughs) Don't answer that, Dan. Cheeky shout-out, though, to the ARC Troopers in the Gendi Clone Wars. I love those mm-hmm. bad boys. You know, just the blue, the blue paint job. I, blue. They were fantastic. I, I love the green ones at the beginning of the Bad Batch as well, I think they were. But they like the, the ones that take out um, Kanan's, uh, Depa Balaba, Kanan's master. Like the green, I think, is really cool. The, the one where they kind it's of... It's amazing retconned. what a lick of paint can do. The one that they kind of yeah, retconned the comic. Yeah, the one they just comic. up that comic you liked as well, but... It's yeah, funny that a lick of paint can really 
really like make what could what could otherwise be a fairly standard uniform really cool like the yellow the red or the green or the blue like you mentioned it's just that's something thing, i it, it's something i wish we saw more of in 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 the sequel trilogy with the first order mm-hmm. i would i would have loved to have seen a bit yeah. more of that you know um and also i was thinking about yeah, this the other I mean, day. i'd love to see them more like dirtied up too like like some of their armor like the, some of the first order yeah like just just muddy and dirty like you see some of the the, the stormtroopers in the ot sometimes they got dirty armor and that i suppose we see yeah. finn don't we on on jaku he's and i love that actually with the blood on the hand yeah i love that but a bit more of that would have been grand i reckon yeah i mean amando has the imperial remnants they're looking scuffed up um, when they're looking after the client Werner herzog and i guess in the sequels we had we had the Sith troopers, yeah, okay. We had Captain Cardinal, which was a Sith trooper for all intents and purposes. We had mm. Captain Phasma, like the pla- uh, silver plasma, um, the P- Commander Pyre from Resistance as well, so, like the gold geezer. So we had mm. different colours at least, but I know what you mean. It'd be nice to see some more uh, of that across the board, not just in in like specialised right. or, or high positions. It was you know, I would have loved to have seen the First Order stormtroopers just not look like the empire stormtroopers now and now of course we know that it was all the final order and that's why because it was still palpatine palpatine loves his aesthetic he won't going to change that oh he but loves it would have been man. nice it would have been nice to he have seen it. just like a different like, just so they didn't look quite so recognizable so they're still the bad guys but they don't look quite the same but who, who knows maybe in the future if they go past tross whoever the new baddies are maybe they'll you know maybe they'll dirty them up or give them a paint job because Ooh. the one thing about the clones which i know scotty boy will attest to is you know the individuality they bring really adds to their characters rather than just being clones you know, what they their own paint jobs their individual like um, armor tattoos or whatever it really adds to their characters and the clone wars did such a good job of fleshing out as well so um, yes yeah great job to the coruscant guard the uh 13th battalion for me everyone else though what what, what do you guys want well, you guys want if you could have any old Clone Wars paint job? Maybe those Ahsoka troopers, what are they called? Maybe you'd fancy some of them. Oh, I don't shout! Know. Good you shout! Like those, yeah, they they're really cool. Clone Wars season seven, man, dope. Rep- represent. So, uh, I think that's going to bring an end then, mate, to the Patreon question section. As you've already said, what a wonderful, wonderful selection as usual. This is the first batch of March. Who knows what we've got coming up in the next few months, uh, weeks, sorry, from the patrons. But uh, let us know your answers to all of those questions. Uh, you can be as fun, serious, or wacky as you want. Either way, we want to hear from you. However, Barman, sorry about the mess. You are going to hear from us again because we're going to be back again this time again next week for another stint in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game! game which isn't happening this week mate we're shaking it up a little bit but i still wanted to shout game well, usually it's kind of we end then kind of it is, kind what it of, is. It yeah. is kind of it's kind of a culmination of a pseudo game uh, we always end <laughs> off each episode with a star wars themed game and usually luke and myself we alternate hosting duties but this week we are going to be shaking up a little bit and we're going to be announcing the winners of our patreon langyap and for those of you who don't know what the heck a Langyap is, <laughs> it's a giveaway. But don't tell Patreon that. Um, basically, at the, be- at the beginning of February, we, announced that, uh, we announced that two of our patrons 
would be uh, drawn mm. randomly using the wheel of names <laughs> on the on the internet, and they'd win uh, one of the coveted Star Wars sessions mug, uh, a little bookmark, a pen, little session set, mate. And um, we thought we'd do it live on air, didn't we, for transparency? Is the is is this word that's cracking me up? Alanya. <laughs> it is L A G N I A double P E. Alanyap. It's because uh, oh. um you can't use certain words on certain sites. So I uh, thought I guess get creative and call it Alanya. something that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Alanya. Alanya. What is it? And that's it's. Is it from English or is it like? I an don't old, think it's originally. Like, it's it sounds like French or Italian or, or something or Gaelic, possibly. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound English, but Langyap, which basically means uh, we're going to do, <laughs> we'll be we'll be giving something <laughs> <A> giveaway. <laughs> yeah, so a, a couple of sessions, a giveaway. So yeah, we're doing a giveaway. But basically, Luke's got a mug. I've got a mug, and by that I mean something we drink our tea and coffee out of. But Luke, Luke hasn't got a pen or a bookmark and all that. And actually, to be fair, neither have I. So we thought, and this is, and we've got more. We'll have more giveaways throughout the year of varying sizes and um, volume. But this one, we thought we haven't done for one for a while. Let's do a kind of like stationary office based one, didn't we, mate? Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, and that's the dream. So we're going to do the wheel of time. <laughs> Wheel of names. Oh. That's it. Wheel of time. That would do. Um, yeah. We're going to do the magical wheel, the forceful wheel of time, and yeah, we're going it. to pick two of our uh, random patrons. Uh, um, two of yes. you guys are going to get this goodie set. So we've got the virtual wheel of time uh, loaded up, don't we? Well, I say virtual. It's we real, do. guys. It's in our it's, room it's that a, we record. It's from. a real one. We've got all of them because it's available to all tiers on Patreon, as all of our giveaways are. We've got all their names listed. And more importantly, because we're videoing this, Luke Bly can see me actually press the button through yep. the lens of reflection of my glasses. So he knows that I'm only pushing it. this the requisite amount of time. So, Luke, I've, I've got my finger on a button, but I need you, need you to tell me when I can press it to spin the wheel and reveal the winner of the first set. All right. Well, Matty boy, Matty boy. Yeah. Do it. Oh, here we go. The wheel is spinning. There is my reflection. I see Winner the reflection. Of the first session set of the Langyap is going yep. to be. Yep. Mate, it's kind of a local boy. The first winner is Paul Buckle. He's the oh. first winner of the session set. The King of Oxford himself. Mm, big boy Buckle, big boy Buckle, big boy Buckle. Yeah, that one. So let me remove <laughs> Buckle from the list so he doesn't win it again, because that would be unfair. So Paul yeah. Buckle, congratulations, oh. mate. We'll get you that session set out ASAP. Lukey boy, just tell me when, and we'll find out who the second lucky winner is. Matty boy, hello there. The wheel has been spun. There is the reflection. Luke yep. is the independent adjudicator. I can the see The winner it. of the second set is... Yep. Go on. Mitch H21 is the winner of the second set in the Langyap 2022 March. Mitch H21. I said Mitch H21. That's it. It's not as good as the Paul Buckle one. Mitch H21. Mitch H21, you sickhead. Oh, imagine that. You can go to work and be the coolest guy in the galaxy now with that mug. Yeah, people will be like, oh, I love your mug. Where can I get one? You can't. I won it on a giveaway. Oh, sorry. On a lanyap. Yeah, lan- what is it? A lanyap. A lanyap. I, I won it in a lanyap. A lanyap. And they'll be like, what's, what's that? A calzone you're saying? What's you on about, son? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, 
A cow's only. All of so, like we mentioned, uh, well, congratulations, Paul and Mitch. We'll get those out to you ASAP. We'll be contacting you uh, shortly if we don't have your details on Patreon of where to send them. And like we said, we're going to do more giveaways during the year, aren't we, mate? And who knows what they're going to be yet, but um, I'm sure we can rustle up a few filthy goodies. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I, I love I love the old lanyaps. I love <laughs> I love treating us. <laughs> we'll have a couple of lanyaps throughout the year. We love you, Patreon. Don't hate us. <laughs> We're not doing a giveaway. It's a lanyard. It's a lanyard. Lanyard. Come on, son. And also, if you work at Disney, where's our invite to the Galactic Star Cruiser? Where's our invite to the Galactic Star Cruiser? We don't need a lanyard for that. Give us. Come on, give son. Us, uh, give us a lanyard. Give us a lanyard. <laughs> you want to hear that Twi'lek singing and be harassed by that first order officer fella see what's going on with that no lanyap <laughs> needed but uh if you fancy if you fancy a lanyap or you fancy listening to luke and myself three three more times during the month on a a jab at a hud solo show on a luke blywalker solo show and a podcast if you haven't heard a podcast you're missing out then you can do well uh, luke where are we on patreon if people want to sign up for any old tier patreon.com forward slash star wars sessions easy as that or just click the link in our bio on instagram or twitter and you can find it that way yeah check it out there's plenty of cool stuff on there and any lanyap in future will be going on there the old lanyap but on that however we've 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 given away this episode to you but now we are going to have to uh close this episodic lanyap and end episode 152 of Star Wars Sessions. Mate, the fun doesn't end there. The fun never ends there. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? You can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. Search for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we will be there. Just search Star Wars Sessions. And you're going to find us. Drop us a voice note or a message to our email. We love messages and we love voicemails. Uh, hello there at starwarsessions.co.uk Yes, sir. We are on Anchor. We're on Spotify, Audible, Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn. If you're in the galaxy, you can find a podcast. You'll find us there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a five-star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice, which now includes Spotify. The five stars helps us grow, introduce new listeners, and it's another way for us to hear from more of each and every one of you every week so thank you man the love we've got on spotify recently has been so encouraging so encouraging so if you're listening on spotify please drop us a uh, cheeky review it mean the world to us and please tell all your star wars friends about us tell your mum tell your dad tell your mates tell your cats tell your ewok tell bo katan tell your cousin the more the merrier their castle spicier yeah man tell whoever invented the term langyap now, this is the podcast you're looking for. So, until next time, from me, see ya, and from Luke, Lanyap. <laughs> may, the for- may the force be with you always. Luke! Luke! Ah, Sark neighbor. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? Like yeah, that. I, I, it's a good I one. saw that coming. I yeah, like that. I knew it. Yeah. Essex-based podcast heroes...
You are a Mandalorian no more. Tell that to Kanja Club.